Welcome to oh sorry our final obstetrics quiz 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 time. Did we say it's two ATV or not two ATV? No, sorry. Come on. We are at two ATV or not two ATV. <laughs> Hopefully more at two ATV. Two A to B. Not not definitely B. passing two oh, A to B. <laughs> um, so we're just going to read a few questions <coughs> as usual from Marshall Pass, which is sort of the easier version of questions. It'll be fine. Um, and just talk through them. Yeah. Question number one: A twenty-two-year-old female patient presented with acute pelvic pain. Mm-hmm. She had a positive BHCG result, and the gynaecologist on call has asked you to look for an ectopic pregnancy. No thanks, do it yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, ultrasound appearance would reassure you there is an intrauterine pregnancy. Okay. So that's a bit better. Yeah. Pseudo gestational snack. Mm. Echogenic ring like mass outside the uterus. Mm. Decidual cysts. Mm. Ring of fire on Doppler imaging. Double decidual sac sign. Double decidual sac sign. Agreed. All the others are worrisome. Yeah. Oh, you and this bloody page. Oh, yeah, I should have got it ready. I was thinking that. <laughs> Drives me crackers. No, I'm joking. You do you. We'll get there. Take your time. Don't, don't rush. Oh, this is. Double decidual sac sign. Woo-hoo. The double decidual sac sign is seen at approximately five weeks of pregnancy mm. and represents the inner rim of chorionic villi surrounded by a thin rim of fluid in the endometrial cavity, which is surrounded by the echogenic decidua vera. The double decidua sign is highly reliable for intrauterine gestational sac. Note, intrauterine pregnancy does not exclude heterotopic, i.e. ectopic and coexistent. And what? Who's more, uh, more high risk of that? Uh, uh, previous, like weird uterus. Um, I think just from my memory, we did talk about it in the podcast, uh, but it's um, uh, women who are on fertility treatment. Oh yeah. So they might have had loads of eggs yeah, ovulated. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Makes sense. Question number two: A forty-two-year-old female patient who is. 14 weeks pregnancy has an epi- 14 weeks pregnant has an episode of vaginal bleeding and is referred to hospital. Mm. The admitting obstetric doctor finds an enlarged uterus on examination and a raised beta HCG on blood tests. Oh no. Ultrasound examination demonstrates a large echogenic mass with several small fluid-filled spaces within it within the uterus. What is the most likely diagnosis? I think she's got more. I think so. Tell me. Incomplete miscarriage. Mm. Gestational trophoblastic disease, mm. uterine carcinoma, mm. placental abruption, mm. ectopic pregnancy. I think she's got B. gestational trophoblastic disease. I think so as well. Exactly right. Um, gestational trophoblastic disease is a group of disorders that arise from aberrant fertilization. The spectrum includes benign hydatiform mole, invasive mole, and choriocarcinoma, maternal age more than 35 and less than 20, previous molar gestation, and previous spontaneous abortion are risk factors. Okay, those are some new risk factors we didn't know. We had some. Yeah, we had some. Love that. Great. (laughs) Thank you for doing this. No, not at all. So, question number three. A 26-year-old patient and her partner are being investigated for infertility. Hmm. 
26? I know. <laughs> Not Go out and drink some wine, sweetheart. <laughs> is adequate and she has been proven to be ovulating. She undergoes a, an HSG which demonstrates a uterine abnormality. Okay. What is the most likely diagnosis? Ooh. I think I'm going to say them and let's talk yeah. about what it is. Mm -hmm. Bicornuate uterus. Mm -hmm. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I was like, why aren't you reading mm -hmm. the others? Uh, bicornuate is when you have a uh, uh, two horns it's just a normal one or is it too horny <laughs> are you too horny uh no i think that's, that's normal no i don't think that's yeah. normal because you have didelphus which is the most extreme yeah two separates and two so vagina, two cervixes. um i think yeah by cornua is the yeah Bye. yeah and then septate uh arche is the one which just is yeah. Yeah, but not on the outside. Uh, exactly. Mm -hmm. So, bicornia is the heart shape. Okay. Yeah. Unicornia, just one horn. Yeah. Septic uterus, something mm -hmm. between, like yeah. making it two. Yeah. Uterus didelphus, mm -hmm. two, usually two separate from yeah. all the way down. Yeah. And arcuate uterus, just Fine. in the Now, I think the one most associated with infertility is septate. I remember, because yeah. it's not about um, something, size, it's about blood supply. Yeah. Yeah. Do you agree? Sorry, yeah. I've just told you my thoughts. <laughs> no, no. Septic uterus. Uterine anomalies are due to failure, fusion of mullerian duct. Arcuit uterus is the most common uterine anomaly not associated with reproductive failure. Septic uterus is associated with 90% abortion rate, which can Gosh. be treated with excision of the septum. Okay. That we said in our podcast, it sort of depends how easy. If it's like fibrous or muscular or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Next question. A 29 year old female, three days postpartum, is unwell with pelvic pain and fever. Whoa. On right. examination, she has a palpable, rope like abdominal mass. Right. What is the most likely diagnosis? Oh, the, question, the answers are great. Tell me. Because of size. Yeah. Right ovarian thrombosis, left. Ovarian thrombosis. Does it say ovarian vein or just ovarian? No, it's okay. Stupid book. Yeah. Bilateral ovarian vein thrombosis. Oh. Ruptured uterus, tubo ovarian abscess. Fit right. No. Ovarian thrombosis. Why does it say mean, ovarian vein thrombosis? I think that's just a typo. Okay. Okay, know. well, let's see what the answer is. I hope so. Yeah. Do you actually feel? Yeah, as a rope. I think we. Described it as a rope. I thought you'd see it on an ultrasound. Oh, I didn't know you'd feel it. Anyway, sorry, tell me the answer. It's a bit like superficial thrombotrovitis. Yeah, yeah, you can feel it, can't you? Yeah. It's quite deep, the ovarian yeah. vein. Anyway, I'm, I'm pleased we've got the right answer. This is a typical clinical scenario for ovarian vein thrombosis. And I'm also really pleased that it was with a fever. <laughs> I know, I was saying. Which is an important differential to consider as it has a mortality, mortality of 5%. Goodness me. 80% occur in right ovarian vein, 14 bilateral and 6 in left. Ooh. On CT, a tubular structure is seen of low density in the location of the vein. Makes sense. Good. 
Next question. A 25-year-old has an ultrasound at 39 weeks gestation of a singleton pregnancy. The amniotic fluid volume is less than 500 mils. What is the most likely underlying cause for this? My favourite. Can you answer. read the beginning bit yeah, to sorry. me again? Sorry. 25, 39 weeks gestation. 39 weeks, fine. So she's third trimester. Yeah. Essentially, she's got She's oligo. about to pop. Fine. She's got oligo. So oligo is because either the baby is not swallowing or the baby's kidneys are not... No. Wait. You would get poly if the baby wasn't swallowing. You get oligo if the kidneys aren't working. Yes. Tell me the options. Um, severe growth restriction. Mm. I th- yeah. Maternal diabetes mellitus. Mm. Transesophageal fistula. Mm. Duodenal atresia. Mm. Cystic adenom adenomatoid lung. Oh. <laughs> uh, right. But remember when right you have you get, restriction, we say you've got get oligo. Hydramnios, yeah. yeah. So it's either that or maternal DM. But I, in my head, it's hypertension that causes intrauterine growth restriction, which causes oligo. Isn't that right? Um, let's go for severe growth restriction, shall we, and see what happens. God. Would that be what you pick? One of the two. Yeah. Tell me. So we go restriction. Yeah. Oligo hydramnios is when there's less than 500 mils of amniotic fluid at term. It is associated with a 20 times increase in fetal abnormalities and occurs with renal anomalies, intrauterine growth restriction, and most commonly with premature rupture of membranes. The other options are associated with polyhydramnios, which is more than 1,500 to 200. Okay. 2,000. Fine. I like that. We got that. Yeah. A 39-year-old female patient is pregnant with her fourth baby. She undergoes routine obstetric (laughs) ultrasound examination, which demonstrates a thickened placenta with a thickness of six centimetres. What is the most likely diagnosis? She's got a thick Thick placenta. Okay. Maternal diabetes... Yeah. Mellitus, intrauterine growth restriction, yeah. increasing maternal age, yeah. multiparity, maternal hypertension. Interesting. So they're saying she's old, but yeah. maternally old. Yeah. And she's very, like, she's quite multigravid. Yeah. So and she's got a thickened placenta. She's got a thickened placenta. Which we did talk about. Yeah. I thought it was going to be like a rupture or something. Um, Tell me the options again. What is the most likely diagnosis? Mm. Maternal DM, intrauterine growth restriction, increasing maternal age, multiparity, maternal hypertension. I don't know. What do you think? What would you guess? Well, you know what I would guess, hypertension. Would you? Well, let's go for it. I always say hypertension. Yeah, I love that. Diabetes. Tell me. Both maternal and fetal disease can cause enlargement of the placenta, increasing maternal age and multiparity multiparity risk factors for placenta previa. Yeah. That's it. Placenta previa has nothing to do with this. Fine. Oh, well. Move on. Rubbish question. Move on. Can be associated with? Diabetes. Maternal. (laughs) A 24-year-old patient... Oh, no, that's not... Not labelled. <laughs> Excuse me. A 19-year-old girl complains of a pelvic mass and pressure symptoms. Transabdominal ultrasound examination reveals an adnexal mass. 
What additional finding would suggest a diagnosis of mature teratoma from another type of germ cell tumour? This isn't obstetrics. Yeah. This is because um, we saw beta HCG yeah. somewhere. So, excuse me. But, well, let's learn it anyway, because yeah. I don't remember this question. And then next on math, what additional finding was just a diagnosis of mature teratoma from another type of germ cell tumour? Okay, what are the options? Fat density on plain film. Yeah, I like that, that yeah. Elevated beta HCG. It's very elevated, isn't it? Yeah. It keeps doubling. Calcification seen on ultrasound imaging. Elevated alpha fetoprotein. Complex mass on ultrasound imaging. I'd say fat, but... Yeah, but fat is as well as calcification, isn't it? But yeah. Um, What are the other... I can't remember what the other germ cell tumours are. Just read the answer. We don't know. Fat density. Mature mm-hmm. teratoma is the dermoid one. Yeah. That's the one that has the fat, I think. Mm-hmm. It's the most common ovarian neoplasm and is benign. It contains mature tissue from all three germ cell layers with 88% of cases containing sebaceous material. Calcifications can be seen but also seen in other germ cell tumours, mm-hmm. whereas fat on pain film is specific. Really useful. Sorry, not relevant. Not though. obstetrics, but nonetheless. But still, a sneaky know. little sneaky little addition. Testing. <laughs> Next question. A 31-year-old is pregnant with her first child. At 16 weeks gestation, the corrected alpha fetoprotein level is noted to be raised. What is a possible cause for this? Wrong dates. A normal pregnancy that is less advanced than originally dated, greater than average birth weight, ectopic pregnancy, trisomy 21, neural tube defect. Now, we haven't spoken about this, no. but alpha feta protein, I think, raised is associated with either, I want to say, a neural tube defect or trisomy. So let's say neural tube. Neurotube effect! An elevated alpha fetoprotein level is associated with focal fetal anomalies at 61%, of which 51% are neurotube defects. Mm-hmm. Other causes include a normal pregnancy that is more advanced, so rather than being less advanced. Yeah. Um, twin pregnancy, missed abortion, renal anomalies, and anterior defects. Okay, weird. Weird. The anterior abdominal wall defect makes no sense, but fine. Um, A 38-year-old female in her third trimester has an episode of painless vaginal bleeding. Mm -hmm. She is referred to the obstetric team and ultrasound examination is performed. This demonstrates the placenta is completely covering the internal os. What is the most likely diagnosis? Low-lying placenta, partial placenta previa, placenta accreta, central placenta previa, placenta increta. That's a stupid question. I know. So central? Yeah. If we're wrong, we're going to look like idiots. Central. <laughs> central placenta previa totally covers the internal os. Placenta accreta and creta and percreta are in increasing degrees of the placenta growing into the myometrium with contact with the myometrium, myometrium invasion, and penetration of the serosep, respectively. Next question. A pregnant patient with a family history of Beckwith-Wideman oh, syndrome no. 
has an obstetric ultrasound examination which demonstrates the fetus is growing along the 99.6th percentile Fatty. and that there is polyhydramnios. Oh no. What other con- condition is associated with them? What other condition is associated with the most likely diagnosis? Oh heavens. Give me some options. Wilms tumour, neuroblastoma, <laughs> neurofibromatosis, von Hippel-Lindau Linda, Down syndrome. I can't remember what Beckman Wideman. Me neither, but for some reason because of Polly, I'm thinking Wilms. Okay. Love that. But I mean complete guess. Yeah, go for it. Wilms tumour. Oh so what is Beckman Wideman of Phallocil, which is the herniation out the umbilicus, isn't mm. it? Um, macroglossia, mm. and which is what, a large tongue? Yeah. And gigantism. Is associated with increased risk of benign malignant tumours of multiple organs. Wilms tumour, more than an adrenocortical ne- neoplasm, more than a hepatoblastoma. I thought a Wilms tumour was not a benign tumour. No. Oh. I don't think it is. So read that bit again for me. Beckwith Weidman is associated with increased risk of benign and malignant tumours. Oh, benign and malignant, of sorry. Organs. Okay. And then say that last bit. Wilms tumour, the most common then adrenocortical neoplasm, then hepatoblastoma. Okay. So kidneys, adrenals, liver. Yeah. Okay. I'm very impressed that you guessed that. And it was the poly... I love that. I mean, I probably have... I'm inspired. A 37-year-old pregnant woman has been found to have a raised alpha fetoprotein. God, they love it. Mm. We've hardly spoken about it. No, we haven't spoken about it at all. And an ultrasound anomaly scan is performed. The appearance of the fetus is abnormal with a flat, inwardly scalloped contour of both frontal bones. Lemon head. And a posterior curve of the cerebellum. Banana head. Yes. (laughs) What is the most likely diagnosis? Okay. Can you guess? Uh, Chiari malformation? Mm, I haven't given that, but I think Go I'll on. get it. Spina bifida. Yeah. Ho- Holoprosencephaly, lysencephaly, choroid plexus cyst, vein of garland aneurysm, spina bifida. Spina bifida. But I think it was. Well, they're same, aren't they? CSF, not yeah. quite in the right place. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on, let me read the blurb. Sorry. Poof. Poof. Sorry, I lost my as usual. Spina bifida. Spina bifida is associated with Arnold Chiari malformation in 90%. Nice. And the ultrasound bindings of Arnold Chiari malformation include hydrocephalus, abnormally pointed frontal parietal region, lemon sign, and abnormally shaped cerebellum, banana sign. <laughs> That's so satisfying. Yeah, that is satisfying. That. We've learned that. Are we done with the that questions? Woo woo! Kind regards. Good evening. Good evening. Good. Good night. Nice.